Welcome to Teaching Artist Podcast, a show dedicated to discussions of teaching art to kids, making art, and how those things overlap and feed each other. I'm Rebecca Potts, your host, a visual arts teaching artist. you so, so much to those of you who have left reviews. I'm still figuring out this whole podcasting thing. And I guess reviews help get the podcast seen by more people. So please, please review it, share it, help me spread the word. I also really want to hear what you like and what you don't like so I can keep making it better. I want to share a couple of reviews with you. Lee M. Pierce of Rhetorically Speaking, which is another great podcast, go check it out, left this review. Really appreciate what this podcast is doing for teacher artists. I am not an artist, but I am a teacher, and I've seen a lot of friends who teach K-12 art get so involved with their students that their own studio work goes by the wayside. I've been sending them the first episodes of this podcast to remind them that they can keep doing art and be a good teacher. Keep the inspiration coming. Thank you so much, Lee. That is an amazing review. Thank you for sharing this with other art teachers. That's exactly what I'd love to happen, just to inspire other teachers. Another amazing artist who works with paper in really interesting ways, Alice Stone Collins. Go follow her if you're not already. She left a review saying, great new find, What a great podcast about teaching artists and so much more. Diving not only into their teaching practices, but making their own work and insights into daily life outside the classroom. Thank you so much, Alice. Deborah Riley's home is full of her beautiful artwork, but also beautifully decorated with calming colors, textures, and light. It was so nice to talk with her there over delicious snacks and mimosas. We chatted in kind of a meandering way about teaching and art making, yet kept coming back to this idea of encouraging artists, both our students and ourselves. Deborah Riley's common thread is her love of line. Whether abstract paint on canvas, watercolor portraits of people or pets, marker work, kids' books, or hand-stitched forms with needle, burlap, and thread, In her work, line, shape, and color take form to represent that which is visual and that which is unseen. She says, Art has a unique ability to connect us to one another. Courage and compassion are required to tackle a blank canvas in whatever the context. Deborah's role as teacher is to guide the collective and the individual to their goal. Having a sense of humor also helps. And wordplay and rhyme. Deborah takes her Montana roots with her wherever she goes and is continually drawn to the sunshine, warm tropical waters, and nature's beauty. She travels the country with her dogs, taking the scenic route and hiking along the way. Small art camps hosted in her home studio in Venice provide a great introduction to a variety of art practices in a fun and exploratory environment. Teaching is a give and take. She says, you've got to listen with your ears, your eyes, and your heart to guide each individual to their own expressive and creative curiosity. 
Deborah holds a BFA from Montana State University in Bozeman. She shows and sells work through local venues, including Mart Bar LA and online. She has written and illustrated four children's books. The latest one is The Collected Writings of A. Morcus Dog, inspired by her beloved dog, Mork. She teaches elementary art and has taught workshops and private lessons for both kids and adults. Her dogs, Mork and Cleo, make their appearance in the podcast. Keep an ear out for their protective barks, squeaky toys, and adorable little footsteps. We do also swear a little bit, so this one might not be for young ears. Welcome, Thank Deborah you so Riley. Much. I'm happy to I have you am, in my space. Yeah, I am sitting here in a light-filled kitchen, beautiful artwork all around us, and two cute little dogs that maybe you can hear. Yep. Mork and Cleo. You're probably going to hear them right now. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. So to start off, I just wanted to ask for some background. How did you become an artist and then a teacher? Did one come first or did you always kind of plan both? When I was a kid, I loved drawing. I spent most of my time drawing, but I wasn't seen to have any talent. As a kid, I also loved playing school. And so I grew up in Montana. Yeah. Beautiful family of six, uh, six kids. And three boys, three girls, I'd be Jam Brady in the mix. And um, I was the oldest of the youngest three. And so I saw my three older siblings going to school. And I was always jealous of them. I couldn't wait to go to school. Yeah. So teaching, I feel like who I am as an adult is a lot of who I was as a child. And I tell my kids that when I'm teaching that what you do as a child can inform what you do as an adult. I played school and I drew all the time. Yeah. Um, so in a meandering way, because as a kid, I, I couldn't draw realistically. I was more of an abstract thinker, yeah. painter, but that was considered in that day and age to not be legitimate. Right. So it was childish. You weren't yeah. an artist. Labels were very uh, clear and defined. So it's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. Heart was broken. Oh. Um, but... As an adult, um, I traveled a lot. And when I moved to San Francisco, that was in the early 90s, I didn't have an outlet for insomnia. And so my friends were like, you can't go walking at night. I had places and things I could do to alleviate insomnia. And it had to be leaving or getting out of the house or something. Yeah. And so I went through a two-week bend where I didn't sleep at one night. One wow. And it was ever since I can remember, I've always seen pictures in my head. And I just kind of like when I'd walk down the street, the cracks in the pavement would just come up at me like with full color. I would see paintings. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's just my own private torture. So I was kind of walking in this space where it's like I didn't believe that those were legitimate. And then um, I had to unravel, you know, that old-fashioned way of thinking that there's a way to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. During that two-week bend in San Francisco where I didn't sleep, this was before I knew about panic attacks, but they were legitimate panic attacks. Yeah. Like, my heart would race. I couldn't close my eyes. Physically couldn't close my mm-hmm. eyes. So I picked up some Crayola watercolors, and I started painting like a 12-year-old. Yeah. Just with, like, kid material. Stripes. The basics. Like, just... And I started sleeping again, you know, not incredibly because I've never been a great sleeper. And then through drawing on the right side of your brain and the book, The Little Prince, I grew up in a family that was more TV oriented than literary oriented. Yeah. It wasn't really a fit for me. So Little Prince came to me in my adult life. Yeah. Early 20s. I remember the moment when I thought, 
okay, those paintings that I see, I already painted them. I just have a way to figure out to get my hand to do what my head's already done. Yeah. So that is kind of the way a teacher thinks as well. So I feel like teaching is as a part of my fibers as is being an artist. Yeah. They're very intertwined. And do you feel like now you're teaching, like they still are kind of intertwined and as you're teaching, it's informing what you're making and vice versa. It's lovely and it's also depleting. You know, like I don't think people who teach, I was just looking at the work that we do and people who don't teach just can't imagine, especially who are not. I think there's also a talent of being an artist and a teaching artist. Uh, I think you and I fall in both categories where we are equally talented in both. I'm Mm going to say it. I, (laughs) I would want me as an art teacher, but it is a really depleting soul inspiring and it's also like I don't think people really know how tapped in you are intellectually physically and spiritually and intellectually even if you're working with three-year-olds right it does take your intellect yeah and it takes this I mean I think we're superheroes to be able (laughs) to do it I'm coming off a great Friday I had an amazing day with my third graders and so that is informing this as well but yeah yeah sometimes like I admire you for Being a mother, (laughs) a teacher, and really dedicated to your craft. Yeah. Well, that dedication is recent. It took me a while after becoming a mom. I will drink to it. (laughs) Salud. Um, Salud. And what happened on Friday? What made it so great? What made it so great was, and honestly, it's one of those moments. So I'm new with PS Arts. Mm -hmm. I had had a job for 10 years that I loved where I had a program built in, basically it was built on trust. So I had a half hour with my kindergartners and they would go straight to Sharpie and paint. We'd do it in a half an hour. And it was because I built up a trust with them for me to be able to guide them. And for me to, it's important for me, I'm kind of segueing, but I want all those kids who were like me as a kid to not, to, to feel seen. Yeah. Feel like artists. Yeah. I believe just because I know my personal history that there's no one way to be an artist. So that's yeah. what informs me as a teacher. It was third grade. Walking into the school year, they were a challenging grade level. Yeah. And we did Cartonlandia. And that was great too because I was able to sub for Davida and I saw her take on it. So yeah. that got me thinking. And she was doing sort of like collage. Two dimensional. Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, I can do this two dimensionally. Like, yeah. yeah I felt really cool and then I also subbed for June Edmonds and I loved yeah. her take where it was partially three-dimensional on cardboard and partially um, collage I just yeah. got to sub for her as well and oh, saw that so yeah her take on windows and like so and then you I saw what you posted about your yeah collages. I'm doing some collage and some 3d with yeah. different grade levels yeah same so I just got th- third grade we're going to do finishing touches but I knew that I wanted to incorporate fabric because mm-hmm. we got I work with fabric as well yeah but we got we'll this donation yes <laughs> we got this donation at my school of fabric and I wanted it to be something like that and so I honestly didn't figure it out how I was going to execute it until like the, the morning of yeah because I was going through panic attacks and second guessing myself and like what about this but what made it great was I had prepped the material like I saw like these three kinds and I'm very good about controlled chaos yeah so instead of pulling out here's fabric cut what you want 
want. It's like here are squares, do what you want with them, but these are the colors you're going to work with right, right now, and where it's controlled, but they yeah. get a lot of freedom. Yeah, I was also able to incorporate my love of painting and primary colors. Yeah, and so they painted a background, a landscape. So we got to talk about the horizon line, and I wanted yeah. to see some purple, some green, and some orange. They got to make all the decisions as how it how it went. So yeah, with the secondaries. Yeah. yeah. So they had these beautiful backgrounds, and then we collaged the fabric, and they just nailed it. They're awesome. like ridiculously amazing. Uh, I want to see these. I posted it on to, Facebook. Oh, I have to look. Okay. I put, and I even posted my teacher sample. There's like... <laughs> Amazing. Oh. So from you, June, and David, I was able to like collage something together that felt really unique to me. And now I'm excited yeah. to teach this lesson. Like it's going to be a staple. Yeah. And awesome. I'll be doing different approaches for fourth, fifth, and first and second. Right. But now I feel like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it was, yeah, just the work was great and the kids were into it. And That's they got awesome. so much out of it. Like yeah. Every step of the way, they were just like, it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. Where they can be, they can feel successful. That's always huge. It's, Where they have a lot of like ownership and choice, but then they also feel yeah. really successful with yeah. it. And it's like that controlled. Yeah. It felt just really amazing. I feel like I sometimes struggle with that balance, like giving, I'm now shifting to like extreme choice, <laughs> but then sometimes there is with some kids that works really well and with some there it's kind of a struggle like they don't feel so successful and right. kind of just unsure like kids mm -hmm. who are like incredibly skilled at drawing realistically and then when they get clay they can crumble yeah you know like yeah i totally get that yeah like um, so giving that mix of structure but still like choice yeah. and empowerment yeah. You know, it just, it felt like I found my voice within this project mm -hmm. and it takes me a while to get there. I'm a process artist myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm also a process teacher Yeah, and I'm with PSRs with this collective of really amazing talent. And so you can kind of compare yourself like, oh, wow. I try and do things that aren't so time consuming on the back end for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm a deconstructor and then reassemble. Like I love collage and it's how I paint. It's like how yeah. I fabric arts. So so for me, it was like, I realized I had to get the cardboard and cut it down first to figure out how I would make it. Yeah. The flagship Cartonlandia, it felt like me responding to her. And I try and, with my kids, Van Gogh Flowers, for example, like I know how he painted. Yeah. I'm not interested in seeing you reproduce these and I know how I paint them. And so I'm curious to see how you are inspired by them mm -hmm. more than let's copy them. Right. That's, I'm more like of an empath and from the heart kind of teacher than the yeah. intellect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I did. So one thing that I felt really successful about as well is just really quickly on the board, I had them, the way the whole class was set up, they came in and there was just like half sheet of white paper and pencils on the table. And I was like, okay, did you guys see what was on the table? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's how they're going to look when you leave. <laughs> so, and then table five had all the stuff. So they were also really good at building community and working together and, having the class ready for the next um, oh, class coming nice. in, which was really sweet. Yeah. So something I was able to do in a subtle way is I just did quick little sketches of different kind of houses, like the triangle square, a little modern house, castle, teepee, igloo, and um, an apartment building. Yeah. So it's like, so just kind of just choose. And then I had my collage, like my fabric uh, my house collaged on my background and it's like, so which one do you think I chose? And they're like modern. And it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So first do a little quick sketch of like what you want your house to be like. And then, um, 
when you get the fabric, they did it. And so it was really, really cool. Like they recognized mm-hmm. modern and one kid did a teepee. Yeah. And it was really sweet to know, like, it felt like this great way of presenting options and yeah. validity that every kind of house is a house. A house. Yeah. Um, and then something that was really kind of spontaneous and sweet. I wrote home is where the heart is on the board with those houses. And at the end, it's like, so now that sketch that you made, you could actually turn that into a Valentine because home is where the heart is. Sweet. So um, it was like this, so much connection going on and thinking differently. Yeah. And it just felt incredibly successful. Yeah. That's always nice. So do you have a favorite age level? I love the littles. The little tiny ones. I do ones. love the littles. I've always loved the littles. Yeah. What do you love about them? They're just still so free and so open. Yeah. And they've got like, I'd say fourth grade and fifth grade are my my more, more, my more challenging grade levels. Huh. It just it just feels right. You know, it's like yeah. kind of like you get those pairs of jeans that just feel right immediately. Yeah. Like, they're just my people. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I'm very silly. I like to rhyme. I do yeah. that. And, and so they, it's just, it's really sweet. But I really love what's building with fourth and fifth grade as well. You know, I've yeah. loved at my previous school, I was their art teacher for the entire time. And so yeah. when you build those relationships, you can say, hey, remember we did this in third grade? Well, we're going to take this. Yeah. So that's really sweet. That's nice when you can really get to know them. And also like the scaffolding. Yeah. Of, yeah. And I yeah. actually got to, I actually sat in on a Hillary, on Hillary teaching a lesson. Because mm-hmm. I was like, how are people doing this? Because it was a very strange thing for me to have, be able to build on lessons with young kids because yeah. I can see them every week. Yeah. Whereas I, every other week you just can't. It's a little it. harder. And I loved what I did. So breaking myself, that's kind of also what felt really successful about this, of breaking mm-hmm. that mold of knowing that we can just kind of navigate. And it was a great week with across the board with all nice. of the kids. And at a new school, like where they had a teacher, Heather, who they really loved. Yeah. So you, And I was definitely more strict. Yeah. Then uh, she, like, I have, you know, rules about the sink and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> but they get it now. Yeah. And actually, it was, this is just a side note, but uh, the after school program is in my class, in our classroom after school. Yeah. And there are some people that came in. I was there, you know, finishing up. And um, some people came in. It's like, oh, no, we're just architects. We're looking at the building, like thinking about the space. And I was like, oh, we want three sinks. Every art <laughs> room should have three sinks. So there are some kids, like fifth graders, too, who really like me. And they were like, it's like, you guys, I got your back. Like, because I would, I would tell them, you know, I wish we had more sinks because yeah. everyone needs to wash their hands at the same time. Right. And I need to wash the brushes to get the right. Ready. So it was really great that they saw that. I was like, you, you see that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every art room needs three sinks. Yeah. Minimum two. Uh, but three. Would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've subbed. I luckily have a sink in. Well, right now I'm at a, on a card at one school. But at the I was at school a with a classroom has a yeah. sink. But I've subbed where there's no sinks, like in a portable and you know the teacher brought in buckets and it's I had just, to do that oh, at my crazy. school we had eight classrooms that didn't have running water and uh, so I had to bring in buckets and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. and my actually this past fall my school on a cart we have a couple of classrooms that I was going to with no water so I would bring like pitchers mm-hmm. whenever we were painting yeah a couple of pitchers in a little box on my cart <laughs> yeah. people uh, don't know yeah. They don't know. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah. 
and then and like trying to go dump and refill between classes in that five minutes. <laughs> I actually took, so with, when I had eight classrooms out of 22 that didn't have water, Oof. I actually had to research like buckets that would actually fit under their, under faucets that did work mm. in classrooms next to theirs. And like when I tried to communicate this to the parents, like, like what, you don't have rent yeah, no, there's no, there's yeah. a lot of time that went into making the program work. Yeah. There's so much behind the scenes that mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if you're not a teacher, you yes. don't really understand. <laughs> Thinking would be really cool. So we did who can, you can paint a toucan using colors of black and white. Making gray is out of sight. I do that with second grade. Nice. And then I got really great paintings out of them. And then first grade was doing black and white self-portraits. And then kindergarten, not kindergarten, but preschool. And I think it would be really cool to have art teachers present in a grid all the different work that comes out of them, like in a week. Just be like, come on, people, come on. I just feel like it would be such a visual impact when you look at like all the individuality as well. Yeah. And I do think as well as teaching, it has to come from empathy and compassion. I think there's nothing that takes more courage than facing a blank canvas. And you're asking kids to do this on your terms. And so knowing that they're in a safe space, like where they can feel comfortable and trust you, like, okay, you're not going to judge me. You're not going to be harsh. You're here to like, be my guy. To encourage. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I always knew I wanted to be the art teacher that I didn't have. The one who would see the artist in... I don't know if you were asking about a certain student that had an impact on me or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was there. So last year at one of my kindergarten classes, we had like 28 kids in the class. And this girl's feelings were getting hurt because people were saying, that's scribble scrabble. Uh, Yeah, I hear those words way too often. Scribble scrabble. (laughs) So because I paint abstractly in between and realistically, the next week I came in and I had some abstract work. I showed them, it's like, so, uh, it was just great. It's like, okay, who likes Scribble Scrabble? And so half the kids raise their hands, like, who doesn't like Scribble Scrabble? And, like, half the kids raise their hands. Right. Like, okay, well, I want to tell you what Scribble Scrabble is. Yeah. And it's like, this is abstract art. And the particular painting that I was showing them a picture of was one that actually, when you approach art abstractly, when I do abstractly, I don't know what's going to go on, what the story mm-hmm. is until it evolves as I paint it. Yeah. But there is a story. Yeah. And this particular one was, I realized when it was finished, it was when Mork, my dog, learned how to swim. Mm. Felt very Joan Mitchell because she had that one joke. Mork. Um, Joan Mitchell, one of my favorite abstract painters, she had that. She had a painting about her dog. I think maybe it was in Lake George or her dog's name was George. And oh my God, this is Mork. He just learned to swim. He grew up by the ocean, but when he got to a lake, he actually swam out. Yeah. So it was very exciting. And I was able to tell them the story that went with the painting and then showed them some of the portraits that I did and then some of the in-between work. You know, it's like this is not what the landscape really looked like, but we know it's a landscape. Right. Um, And it was really cool. And so the lesson was to go back and scribble scrabble. Yeah. And there was a girl who was very into realism. And she found a way to, like, just make lines. She kind of made a mandala. Yeah. Five. And she yeah. figured out how to work, and she didn't want to do it. But she did it, and it yeah. was so cool. So, And then the girl whose feelings were getting hurt, because I validated her, she went back and she drew something realistically. Huh? It was, yeah. like, the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, like, really, really cool. You're like, you are an artist. It's yeah. okay to draw like that. 
And yeah. so for all of those kids who to know that I see them as an artist. Yeah. And that, so yeah, there's so many that have changed me in some, like working with them for five years and then it's like the fifth year they get it. And it's like, oh, yeah. something goes off and it's like, it's just this huh. constant, let's try. And, you know, we flounder too. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, I did the right thing. Yeah. And so when those, when you get those moments, when you know you did and you got through. Yeah. That that's huge. Like, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Super, super awesome. And it is hard too, because I mean, at least for me, I'm sort of evolving all the time with teaching, like Mm -hmm. trying to adjust and change and, you know, become more and more the teacher that I want to be and that I like would have wanted. Right. But then it means I'm constantly adjusting on the fly. And I, you know, spend a lot of time writing and planning curriculum. But then I'll like realize, wait, that plan isn't quite working well for this group. I need to adjust. Yeah. I was introducing Ansel Adams and we did, I like to translate. I like to call it translation. Uh, Um, So he photographed in black and white. So we do a collage in Technicolor, like really bright fluorescent colors and translate it. And I was stoked about it, but it was the day after Kobe Bryant had died. Uh, I was fifth graders and I didn't know what was going on. They were just not there. And then I realized. Because they were so affected by that. Yeah. So the next week, because I kind of will always progress the sample with them. I try to. So that weekend I brought yellow and purple paper and black paper so they could do a silhouette. And I was like, and I added a yellow and purple palm tree. And so mm-hmm. I was able to be like on top of what I'd already started. It's like, so why do we think I chose the colors yellow and purple? And yeah. What could that be significant of? And just, you know, like, so you can work. So as like, you know, so art isn't just about line, shape, color, form, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It can be a way to process your feelings. Yeah. And so, and it was really, really cool. And so some of the kids chose to like collage jerseys onto it. And, uh, you know, the, the artwork for some, it wasn't amazing, but I had to just let back and, and you have to make shitty art. Kids yeah. have to make <laughs> shitty art. I get intimidated when I see like incredible art come from other teachers and it's like, yeah, but not everything is. I mean, exactly. when I post, I definitely stuff. pick and choose. <laughs> and then occasionally we'll be like, look at the, like, I had a comparison in kindergarten, especially. Mm-hmm. I find just such a range yes. where 100%. there's like a few kids that are just producing amazing things. Yeah. And that's what I want to share. But then I'm like, but look at like the rest that are. Yeah. You know, I like to definitely also still throw amazing. In. And yeah. like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's important for artists to share their shitty work. Yeah. And then it's important for parents to respect the journey more than the yeah. product. It's more yeah. about the process. There's a bit of advice I got from, there was like a visiting artist when I was in college who came in and I just remember this one thing they told us that was basically maybe a quarter of your artwork is ever going to be in galleries or in, you know, if you go that route, maybe if you're lucky, a quarter of what you produce wow. like would be worth being seen and, sh- and sold in that sort of venue. And wow. then, you know, half of it is just, you know, you're going to paint over it or throw it in the trash. Like it's, you just have to be prolific, oh, like produce, so produce, nice. produce. So nice and to hear that. then edit. Because especially as an abstract you, artist. Everything yeah. you make doesn't have to be perfect and beautiful. Yeah. Just keep making. That's a really good point. And abstract, you're going to make shit. Right. And I guess it's the same with portraits. You're going to, you're not always on. Yeah. In life and teaching and in art. Like sometimes you, I go through dry spells and like, uh, 
it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I remember I had just notebooks and sketchbooks of shitty drawings, shitty paintings. <laughs> and so then I started cutting them up and making like landscape collages. Like That's great. I'm like, like repurpose it. Yeah, yeah. Repurposing. And I like, you know, cause you feel guilty about paper and stuff like yeah. that. It's expensive. So yeah. I'm, that is one of my approaches to teaching too, to try and use up what we have and yeah. not waste so much. Something I just got from June because I subbed in her class. And it's like, oh, we're just the glue with the brushes instead oh, of glue yeah. sticks. Yeah. She changed my world. That's great. And so I brought those out for fifth grade when they were finishing. I let them, like, you can continue with the Ansel Adams if you're interested in that. You can... Uh, make a subtle tribute to Kobe Bryant, or you can be literal. And I showed them also how they could just draw a silhouette of a basketball player on black paper and put it on top. And so we got like all these like really, some were like really, really amazing. I always lose my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. I'm 50. I'm allowed. <laughs> you can do that at any age, really. <laughs> and we're artists, so that's yeah. just the way it is. Um, I know. I have so many lists. Keep track of things. Yeah. <laughs> But that's really cool to have that validated in your college experience. Yeah. That you're going to make shitty shit. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just going to happen. It can't all be perfect. No. Yeah. yeah. And I've tried now as I'm like getting back into my practice, I've tried to, cause I still, it's, it's hard with materials. Like what you were saying about the cost. Like I hate to buy a canvas, especially because I really do prefer to work big, mm-hmm. like a giant canvas that's expensive. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but it's not good enough for this like expensive material. It's hard. So I'll paint over it 10 times. And <laughs> I, I love that. Like I've had paintings where I thought they were great. And it's like, you know what? They're just on the wall and I'm going to just paint over them and do something else with it. Cause um, that's just not us. Live with it for a while and then yeah. change it. <laughs> and then that's kind of cool too. It's like, but I'm trying not to purchase anything new. And, and I do have like quite a, a storage of stuff. For me, it's also trying to just, cause I do children's books, painting, drawing, portraits. And then I got into this fiber stuff. I know we're kind of off track, but no, I decided. I'm- I'd like love I to hear to, more about your artwork, like the art making side of things. At this winter, I decided I needed to edit and not, I needed to focus on one or two things yeah. at the moment. And so I put the paintings in the back. I'm like, you know what? Painting can be a summertime thing. Other than watercolor, I do love watercolor. But like acrylics, I don't really do oils because um, I love them, but it's just a smelly adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living in small spaces. Yeah. I can do painting outside in the summer. So, and then the stitching is approached as an abstract way as well. The way that evolved is I've always loved fiber arts, been really attracted to them. I started incorporating stitching in my teaching practice. Mm -hmm. So like kids making rockets, elephants and stuff like that. Oh, beautiful. And I think that I bet they love that too. These look, they actually fly. They're Uh, awesome. Your daughter can have one of these too. Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. She's going to love that too. They're amazing. And then we'll have to make some. No, they're really cool. Um, I think, like, honestly, art could really change the world. And uh, stitching is such an amazing practice. Like, I've been doing it with kids as young as four. Wow. They're into it. It's a meditation. Yeah. So I love color. And I was taking the threads, you know, the remnants from the kids' stitching projects. And it's just like they're just sitting there. And, like, finally one time I just started saving them and I just smashed them on burlap and stitched them and I always loved bowls and forms Uh clay was I loved working with clay but I also don't like having dirty hands for an artist 
Mm. I don't like gardening. I don't really like having dirty hands, so painting also gets like a little. Yeah, interesting. Um, but I do like working abstractly, so it was a way for me to combine love of form, mm. love of, and then taking this flat material and manipulating it and get stronger and stronger and stronger with each stitch. Huh. And it's also color and it's and all that texture too. Yeah, the texture and just the physical act of hand stitching is really really enjoyable for me it is very meditative yeah i really really love it i'd love to have an assistant to have her thread all my needles (laughs) (laughs) but uh, that actually can also be quite quite therapeutic too so my work evolved into these fiber bowls i'm calling them and some will be hanging flat but um working on that more so than anything else at the moment yeah but it's taken a backseat to teaching, you know, even three days a week, you're always having to look for work or find yeah. ways to make ends meet. Yeah. And how do you, like, how have you sort of juggled your time? What does a week look like? Well, I mean, I'm not even a mom, but I'm a dog mom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, a week looks like I could definitely be better with my time, but I'm not. You yeah, know, it's um, hard. I'm at a point where, you know, you kind of go in and out of phases where you have like, a practice and a discipline, but I've never been very good about sticking with that. I did several years ago during the 2016 election, I painted a portrait a day for a year, and that was a reaction to Trump. And uh, I did a cartoon of him, and it made me like physically ill looking at him and yeah. his friends, and it's just like... Ugh. So I've never been great at portraits that actually represent the real person. Um, They always just look generic. Yeah. And so I decided as an antidote, I would paint a portrait of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who I really admire. And it actually made me feel better and it actually looked like her. And so from that, just the way I felt afterwards, I decided to paint a portrait a day for a year and focusing on the good people in humanity. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening in that they were watercolor and watercolor pencil and um, how much we're influenced by what we see in the media because I'm a depressive person. I think most artists have our highs and lows, which is kind of where I was going with that. I was the one that was more optimistic than my friends during this time. Since I've stopped doing the portraits, I've fallen down that rabbit hole of looking, but um, that might be worth revisiting. Huh. Not or like, in some way, maybe some so other project. I that's just it, too. Like, I can make choices. I can definitely make better choices. The portraits were really interesting because it was a triumph for me, a personal triumph to be able to represent people. And then I had to, like, look. You know, I had to Google, like, people doing good in the world. Yeah. And, um, one mas- a really amazing story. So there was this woman who, through my research, I found who... Uh, 70 years old, ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. That's crazy. Her name is Chow Smith. So if I found a person, I'd like to see if I could find them on Facebook, see if there's something that, if I really resonated with this person. She's also wearing a pussy hat. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to like you. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, on Facebook, when I looked her up, we actually had two mutual friends. Oh, wow. She lives in Missouri. Huh. And emigrated here from Vietnam back in the day. When I displayed them, I had like all 365 up in my home studio. She yeah. actually came to see it. Oh, that's awesome. So, I got so you to got meet to meet her. her. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. So, yeah. So that was really cool. But the project that I planned on it just taking 45 minutes. Um, so I was just really planning on working on my dog's second children's book, a book of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it really overtook my life. 
there were a lot of good things as well. Like social media held me accountable because yeah. two months in, I probably would have been like, oh, I'm not going to commit. But because I was posting daily, it's like, you got to do it. So yeah. a significant moment. I remember, I think it was like 10 o'clock or 11 and I was out here in the living room. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I have to do a portrait. <laughs> and I did Nina Simone that day. And I fucking loved it. It yes. was like one of my favorite portraits. And then I would have days where I would struggle for like six hours and I couldn't get it. Yeah. And so that was also really revealing about how the portraits aren't just a reflection of the person, they're a reflection of the day. And some days you have it and some days you don't. So yeah. even when I was traveling, so I do a road trip every mm -hmm. summer on the road. And I'd say it's probably like 95% I did one a day throughout the year. Sometimes yeah. I would have to double up. There were a couple times like amazing. when I doubled up or had to do a few extra like when I was on the road, but I still did them to the best of my ability. And um, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a great project, but yeah. it needed something with more of a time frame. And I tried to do it's like I'm just gonna spend forty five minutes a day or twenty minutes, but yeah. nothing's grabbed me that's yeah. kept me going to yeah. do that daily practice. It's hard. I I don't have a daily practice necessarily. I try to do a little bit after bedtime. <laughs> That's You're my amazing. like working time. <laughs> I like truly but. a mother. <laughs> First of all, uh, hats off to anybody who teaches and is a parent. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. <laughs> That's a lot. I think like, a lot of kids. <laughs> one gift I got as a kid was being one of six and being a loner and an introvert. Yeah. And so it was like, I knew from a very early age, since 18, that I didn't want to have kids of my own. I was always, even as a kid, the babysitter that kids always wanted to have back. So yeah. um, I, if I didn't have kids in my life, I would feel very empty. Mm -hmm. But I love the role that I feel. Yeah, being um, a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, so that yeah. you even can have a practice, I think it's amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, it, it's just legit. Yeah, thank you for saying thank you. Yeah. Yeah, because that, I think, is insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's some days, and it's a lot of it for me is also, like, prioritizing projects. I, That's a good idea. It is hard. I feel like I have a similar sort of thought process yeah, to you where like I have, like, so many different materials and media and, mm -hmm. like, like, different ideas happening at the same time. And I really have to focus. <laughs> the visual of the thinking about how we're the same. Yeah. The, um, you just posted how you save the caps, like the crusty, yeah, um, acrylic paint, acrylic like, paint caps. It's like little bits. Oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like that is my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Like those little bits that I can't wait to and see I what you do with them. And I just have like a messy pile of them on my desk. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do with them. They will be amazing. But yeah. that, yeah. Um, I think my husband is horrified by my side of the room, <laughs> our shared sort of studio space. That's okay. We yeah. all have to work in our own way. Yeah. Prioritizing. Like, I'm so unfortunately hard. not the kind of person that plans and just knows how it's going to go. Like, I worried and I fretted about this Fabriclandia for months and especially weeks. Yeah. And as I knew it was coming up, it was like, ugh. Oh, I don't know exactly how this is going to work. Right. I wish I had. So I had a lot of time go to that without a lot of result until the very end. Do you know right. What I mean? Yeah. So my process is just not the, that's why the portraits were great because it really had me dedicated, but I didn't give myself, okay, you're going to sit up. I was looking for a form of meditation. I used to meditate. Yeah. And then I wanted it to be something that would incorporate art and 
meditation, yeah. the portraits did that for me. Yeah. Sometimes it's a matter of like cleaning up my space because it's tidy now, but <laughs> basically <laughs> Not always. every surface that I have has art or teaching happenings. Like I just yeah. cleared up like the snipping of cardboard, like that I'm like looking at like, okay, how can I use that? And that was on this table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You become a bit of a like pack rat as an artist. At least I know I do. I'm trying <laughs> collecting to, all the little bits that yeah. you don't want to get rid of. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm really enjoying stitching for that because yeah. it's also very portable. It's yeah, dry. You can travel right. with them. I'll just need to have my glasses. It's just a very satisfying little yeah. practice. It's great. Yeah, I know it is interesting, and I feel like really valuable to have that sort of sensation for yourself as a teacher to to say you know I don't like to have my hands all messy and I understand that like some of you might not like that yeah it's like oh I get it I totally get it yeah um I think it's important that they feel seen and something that I felt really good about the Ansel Adams Kobe Bryant mashup was that they felt seen so I went I told them exactly I was very honest so I realized we were processing emotions and so mm-hmm. these were the options. I went and I got yellow, purple paper so that they knew that I cared. Yeah. And I think it was really sweet. Like it changed the dynamic of how they dealt with the project. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. It's just like, you know, something's been established there. Yeah. You're responding yeah. to them and how they're yeah, feeling. It's like, you yeah. know, it's important. Yeah. You know, to process. Yeah. We all have like, whether you grew up with great parents or not great parents, there's always somebody, hopefully somebody that made a little bit of an impact that saw you, Yeah, you know? And so that's my, my big thing is letting all those kids who are growing up with parents who say, Oh, I'm not an artist. I can't draw. Like your kids are sponges and they're picking that up. Yeah. So, you know, I like have done workshops with adults where it's like, all right, so sign your name. And it's like, let's look. We all had our, we all learned how to write in the same way with that same alphabet, that same mm-hmm. way, but nobody writes like that anymore. Right. That's your creative voice. Let's look for art that is compatible with that. Yeah. And what do you like? So just getting nice. back with our instincts. And I think we'd be living in a different world if the arts were taught really, really fundamentally. Yeah. And more valued in schools. Mm-hmm. But that's a and, whole other issue. <laughs> and everywhere else too. Like, yeah. Um, and you know, yeah. Yeah. So much good can come out of it. I did have a conversation with one friend who, my ex-boyfriend, he was going through some really rough stuff and definitely my whole soapbox is everyone has a creative bone in their body you just have to find it and I just put down some crayons and colored pencils and some paper and I was like just do something and he started this whole series and then he became obsessed with it and my friend who's an artist is like doesn't that make you mad that Vic started you know doing art and it's like no I encouraged it so yeah. for her she's more ego driven uh-huh. and I'm more let's all just do stuff it felt really weird to hear that perspective like, yeah oh. like that com- competition almost yeah like, it's like no I wish everyone did something yeah thinking about that have uh-huh. you I know you've written children's books yeah do you, I know you've been also selling your work at the like markets that are happening. There's a market that's happening. Yeah. They're getting you, this I guess other, other question is like, do you 
want to sell your work in yes, other places? Yes, I want or? to sell all of my work <laughs> Please would, buy it. <laughs> please, I have student loans. <laughs> Still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never ending. Yes. I think I've had another idea. So you know those, it really bumps me out when I see people with a Monet poster on their wall or Van Gogh or stuff like that. It's like there are living, breathing artists that you could actually buy that are working with impressionism and abstraction. Like people are so afraid to really branch out. It's like, okay, they got to go with what's comfortable. And Mm -hmm. I do with my clothes. I wear this gray sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. I have two of them because I wear them all the time. But um, I had this idea like where people would, for like a nonprofit, like where people would send in their posters and we would shred those and make baskets. So like women Uh who are getting out of prison or they can make baskets out of those, like a usable art. And then they would get a voucher to buy a painting from a local artist in their neighborhood. So I'd be an artist that would have to be like, I'm full of ideas. I'm really, really shitty about implementation. Really, really bad. It's it's a lot. It's the hard part. It's really the hard part. Like even getting an Etsy shop just feels overwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, I do have portraits and these fiber bowls and abstract paintings that I think definitely deserve a place yeah you have just being able to walk around your beautiful space and you have so much work that's amazing thank you yes thank you thank you i appreciate it i do like my work yes and i think that uh it's important for people for artists and people to say yeah that you know because i don't feel it actually is me do you know what i mean it's like more of a like when it's really good you're kind of not there there's something else channeling through you you know flowing yeah Like when it's really, really good, it doesn't feel like it's, uh, for me anyways, it's not from the ego. It's from Mm -hmm. like another place. And when it's the ego that's involved, that's when it's shitty for me. Yeah. Um, And I think that everyone has their own process and their own way of doing it that can produce good work. For some people, it's got to be the ego that gets you to that space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely feel like I have a different process for the different materials. Mm -hmm. Like if I paint, it's much more free and I'm not comfortable with realism really. But when I'm, yeah, when I'm working with that, it's like a very slow, like paintings for me are very fast, Uh but that stuff is slow and like lots of time just mixing colors Uh um, and then sort of sketching out the plan for it and then piecing it together almost like a puzzle. (laughs) I love the puzzle and that's how I think abstraction is. It's like a puzzle, like everything's working, but this blue dot and then you remove the blue dot and then everything else isn't working right you know like it's like fuck yeah you you have to find the right piece (laughs) and then you're attached to something because you love it and then you have to let it go because it doesn't work with the whole piece but I have found that in letting it go I it comes back in another painting that is really remarkable like because I I saw you post like the process of the cutouts and just that you have, that's pretty cool. Like I'm very comfortable and I haven't been doing that many portraits, so it's definitely, but I got very comfortable with portraits. I always start with the eyes and the eyebrows, noses. That's my, I can't do the face shape first. I have to start with the eyes. Yeah. Interesting. And that's how I teach it for kids as well. Because I realized when I first started teaching, they would draw this small head and then and then struggle it'd be to fit it all. The top yeah. and wide on the bottom. So I have them like jot out, like touch their face and stuff. And, yeah. And when we start from the inside, 
and then go outside, they kind of, they get something. I'm huh. impressed with what they can do. Wow. That has its plan. The abstract bowls, like that's been really fun. Just like hmm, just stitching it. Then you have to yeah. get to that point where it's like, all right, it's got to come to the end. So what's that color that you need? Yeah. But it's fun to just place things down. I do like collage for that reason too. Yeah. Even though it's very messy. Where it just evolves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like I tell kids, you know, like how can you fix a collage? Like if you don't like something, just glue on top of it. Yeah. Put some more stuff on there. Add more. You're going to get something better. But that's really cool for me that you've got a color in mind that you have to get to the right color and spending that time mixing it. Like I'm really not patient enough for that when it comes to painting. Yeah. I mean, I spent with painting. I do that too. I I like mix my colors ahead of time. Wow. So Um, you know the colors first. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I might have ideas. I I mean, sometimes I kind of like mix them on the canvas, Uh but I'm kind of just like, what? Yeah, that's really cool. (laughs) I'm, I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think that would give me a little bit of a panic attack. I yeah. I didn't know the colors The first. colors, yeah. Like, oh, wow. I'm like, I'm actually starting to get a little. Oh. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like, wow, how would I do that? Like, oh, I have to get the right color. Oh, my gosh, that's not the right color. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with painting, it's not, it's more intuitive. It's more just like, mm-hmm. almost like playing with the paint on the palette first. And yeah. then, like, it's not, you know, there's no perfect thing in my head ahead of time. It's uh-huh. just like... Like as I'm mixing, I'm like, that's good. And this, these two go well together. And now let's like put them on there and like see what happens if they touch <laughs> and like cool. what happens when they blend a little. That's really um, cool to yeah. hear the internal process of different artists. Yeah. Cause mine is more like, I'll, you know, mix in bowls and stuff like that and be like, okay, I need green there. It's like, okay, that's not the right green, but I'm going to put it down there anyways. And then like, I'll add some more. Yeah, I do so then you just the, will go back on top. Yeah, I do a lot of the mixing on the canvas. Yeah. I like actually painting on board better. Huh, yeah. Um, I don't like the give of canvas. Board is just really sweet. That was kind of a happy accident, finding boards and painting on them. It's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, I, I actually paint a lot on paper now. Partially out of trying to make myself less precious about it. Yeah. Like it's cheaper, mm-hmm. but then I'll mount them on board. That's cool. Yeah. But I like how the, the you can use more water and like things can soak and move around on paper. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like watercolor a lot and mixed media. They're landscapes that I have in the back hanging up in my closet, my studio closet, and those kind of evolved. I was commissioned to do some art for a studio, and the designer gave me this paper. He's like, just start, you know, here, you want this paper? I was like, okay. And I will always kind of, like, mix on a paper and then, like, have other paper and draw, and then, like, the marks that are accidental left on the paper I wasn't intending to draw on. Those are always really exciting to me. And so I ended up evolving those into these landscapes so it was really cool so it's kind of like when you realize there's a common thread to all your work that you personally do like the books the portraits the children's books they're all line driven for me I don't see value as much and shade like a friend of mine pointed that out who was in the portrait project she um so drawing old people is really exciting because like all those lines so many lines I, I have places I can land on if yeah. I have those lines if there's just too much so don't do Botox <laughs> if there's just too much like kids are hard like uh-huh. when there's not those yeah. lines yeah and needle and thread is lines 
friends. Yeah. And, uh, it's and, good to recognize that, uh-huh. too. It was really yeah. cool because she sees in shade, and that was, I was like, oh, I didn't even thought about that. But So when I would be looking at a portrait of some, like a person online, their picture, and if it wasn't clear, if I didn't have clear lines, if it was very fuzzy, it was really hard for me to get. Huh. Really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is so interesting to hear, you know, all the variations and... Totally. Then to think, you know, this exists with our students. That exactly. You know, and they're all going some of us that. are obsessed with color and some of us are like seeing all the lines. And <laughs> There's one of my third graders I'm getting to know and he doesn't feel confident. And he was one though made, made a great painting and then he got like, I mean, you know, he made a painting and then he got like really frustrated and kind of scribbled over it and, oh. got a, and says like, okay. And so with Fabriclandia, I had like these squares, but he had to do it in lines. So he had to cut rectangles and strip yeah. it. It had to be how Straight. his sketch was. Huh. So I feel like he's given me a clue as to how I can help guide him. And so that felt kind of good. His techni- his approach to the project, how he had to approach it is where we start. Yeah. You know, it's like I kind of have always felt like I learned from yoga, mm-hmm. even though I don't really do yoga anymore. A yoga teacher would never send you away like, oh, you can't touch your toes. Well, come back to me when you can. Uh So like an art teacher, "Mm, you're not an artist because you can't draw a straight line or whatever. Uh Uh, We just take it from where you are and then we go from there. So that's who I am as an art teacher, as someone that wants to inspire the kids. And I've had to correct teachers in the past, like classroom teachers. My first kindergarten class at my previous school, the first class I taught at a at a school, this kindergartner, five years old, she raised her hand and asked if she could draw two suns in her sky. Um, and I was like, you can draw. And the teacher was behind me. She's like, well, are there two suns in the sky? And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> This is art. Yeah. If you want to draw eight million suns in the sky, that's what I want to see. I already yeah. know that there's one sun in the sky. I want right. to see what you, how do you feel? Yeah. And so the teacher got it. She's like, oh, okay. And so I feel like that's kind of also important because I think, I mean, teachers have a big plate, a big, big plate. I'm just looking like, okay, I change grade levels and materials and ideas, but they're changing subjects. Right. (laughs) Yeah. History to math. It's a lot. Whoa. Yeah. And with 30 different minds. Yeah. It's not, it's not simple. So giving that, giving the kids also a place where they can each feel capable. That's what my goal is. So, you know, if you want the formal ABCD, I'm not that person. <laughs> but if you want to take a winding road to get where you want to go, then 8675309. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my name's not Jenny. I don't got your number. I'm also very funny. I love that the, at least the most recent children's book is like from your dog's perspective. Yeah. Um, which is just it's so I mean, cute. and like such a, such a great idea. I love wordplay. I always have. Um, so I grew up with Starsky and Hutch as yeah. a television show and um, I switched them to Starchy and Husk. So it was a potato and a corn cob fighting crime and run. So cute. And I have, um, and so I was intending, I'd written the first two books and then I was going to write the third book where they're going to Italy. They're going to please pass the gnocchi, please pass the polenta. But then I got my dog Mork. So I grew up with dogs. I always loved them. I hadn't had one in my adult life. So I would walk my friend's dogs and I just have always, I like dogs more than people. 
So my ex-boyfriend and I, we decided to adopt and we got Mork and I just fell in love with him and he had eyebrows. And one day he, a couple times actually, he just would stick a pen in his mouth and he'd just look at me. It's like, okay, you've got a story to tell. So I just told his story through his eyes and it's not really a story. It's really meant to be like a dog's perspective. Like they don't have a narrative. Yeah. You know, the narrative is for me, fill in the blanks. It's uh-huh. just a sweet little, you know, love poem to him. Oh. Um, you know, it's like he brought so much joy into my life. And yeah. um, now my second dog, Cleo, as well. It was just that. His eyes are just, and he doesn't, he has very human eyes. Like they're not, yeah. like Cleo's a dog. She's yeah. just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but Mork has such a human quality. Like I always say, if he were a, a human, he'd be wearing cardigans, <laughs> a pipe, and brandy. Brandy yeah. and a snifter would be his drink. He's like an old college man. professor. He yeah. is always, he's an old soul for yeah. sure. So we just, yeah, so that's how that came about. And that's where I'm trying to find the balance between teaching and all the different artistic endeavors is, and then your own health is just, yeah. you know, exercise. I have to take these guys hiking, um, yeah. walking every day. Um, that's why I don't have a yoga practice anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just like, that's a lot of time. Uh, commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah of the dogs. Would you have any tips for either, I guess I see two different Mm -hmm. groups, artists who really want to get into teaching or the flip side of that is like teachers who are, who want to be artists who are like struggling to make time for their art practice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two different questions, really. (laughs) I would say teaching in general, don't get into it unless you really, really feel unless it's in your fibers, Mm -hmm. it's not worth it. And it's not worth it for the kids. There's something else for you. Teaching, I think I've worked in teachers' classrooms who I thought were amazing. And I've worked in teachers' classrooms who I thought weren't really there for the right reasons. I also think the profession is really hard and incredibly underpaid and marginalized. Yeah. But not even that. And I don't think it's fair to say, well, you get to be with kids all day. We deserve more. We deserve a shit ton more. And I would swear <laughs> because I am yeah. a teacher, but you know, like, yeah, I work with kids, but we're also full human beings. So I would say yeah. really, really, really think hard whether you want to get into teaching. Um, I'm not credentialed as a teacher, but I am so passionate about it. I really, really care. You have to really, really care. Yeah. I think teaching is more about having a passion and a talent. I think teaching is a talent. I don't think every artist can teach, and I don't think every teacher can teach either, to yeah. be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think that it's it's as much a talent as, you know, like Frida Kahlo. It has to be in your fibers. Otherwise, find something else, because there is something else that, that will speak to you. Hopefully, we can elevate where people are paid proportionally for, like, what they contribute you know just even a standard decent quality of life so for artists yeah it's not you don't go into it for the money (laughs) no and I think that we should be able to go into it for the money and I think that Mm -hmm. society should really see and value what we do and I I just really a part of me thinks that some people are meant some people are really phenomenal teachers so it should only teach for five years Mm -hmm. so I'm not really into the credentialing of teaching Mm -hmm. I don't think that actually produces great teachers Mm -hmm. you can be a great teacher 
having that credential, but I don't think it makes you a great teacher. I, I think that it's more about having a passion about a subject and wanting to pass that on. Mm-hmm. And if you have that, then you're going to find your way and you're going to yeah. naturally be curious how to present this to kids of different levels of interest, <laughs> experience, dramas. That's what's going to be important. You have to be able to relate to the kids as a human being, um, see them as human, like not just kids. They've yeah. got they've got stuff. Yeah. And for artists, I guess I'm asking for advice. Yeah. <laughs> like how do you I think <laughs> I'm it's hard to be an artist because we do have a very at least I know I do like we have to have our a lot of alone time. And mm-hmm. I am an introvert, like and I have to I've gotta just be better with my alone time. I know that I definitely can be. Sometimes you just give up. I'm like, so I guess I'm looking more for it. I, I think it would be nice to have a community of artists. Like, I love what you were doing, and I couldn't make it to your Sundays. But I think that just, like, little communities where you can support one another and be like, hey, like, yeah. you can give yourself, like, kind of like book clubs. Right. You know, like art clubs. Here, we're going to yeah. make this book. We're going to talk about it. There it is. Yeah. You can just be like, hey, I'm going to write one page today or draw one picture today. Yeah. And just... uh whether that's an online community or I think we got to get more into like the community community. Like I'm terrible about going to museums. I'm terrible about going to galleries. I just, yeah, yeah. it's, it's hard to get out and do that stuff. I feel like even when I was, you know, didn't have a kid and was living in New York and, you know, could have gone, I didn't go as often as I should have, could have. Like it's always, Uh, for me, it's all like, okay, it's going to take 45 minutes to get there and then, parking right there's always so many reasons not to do it and you have to really like motivate yourself to just go big yeah it's it's really not the easiest to navigate I admire people when I see wow you're just doing everything just Um, out there (laughs) yeah I guess I just have to get out of my head and that's it's like the double-edged sword I know I need my alone time like that was also I'm an introvert who works in when you're on at school, you're giving 180% all the yeah. time, even walking down the hallway. Kids would say, hey, when do we have art? When's art? When's art? And it's like, hi, I'm really good. How are you? <laughs> you know, you're constantly right. teaching. And then you have to, they're like, no, I didn't ask that. It's like, I know you didn't ask that, but why? Yeah, <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> it was really nice to see you. What did you have for dinner last night? And then it's really funny, like, when the kids get like, hi, Miss Deborah, how are you? You know, they're just, like, itching to ask, like, when do we have art? Yeah. But um, the cool thing about my new school, because the kids get art every week, is that they don't ask that question, you know? Like, they know in their art classes, they're coming to art class, they get it once a week, and That's we nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I think teaching, you have to really, really, really want to do it. And that's where it's, like, for me, playing school, it's just kind of always been in my blood. Ah, uh, it's come full circle. <laughs> yeah, it's like these are teaching and drawing and dogs. Like, that's what I did as a kid, and that's who I am as an adult, too. Yeah. And those are just natural. Nice. Yeah. Do you have advice on how artists can maintain a practice? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Because you've got this, which I find remarkable too yeah I mean I I love lists I have so many lists of all the various like to-do lists but then I also I keep lists of like different ideas that I've had Mm -hmm. and I'm using Google Keep now oh it's because it's something that it's on my phone but it also syncs so I can like look at it on my computer if I want to it also lets you like you can do lists with check boxes you can check off or you can do like 
little notes or you can even draw on it on the screen. Uh-huh. So I love it. A little, a little plug for Google Keep and I'm not paid by them. But, um, but we, we also use it like you can share only one, you know, one list here or there. So like yeah. we have a shared grocery list that's in there. Nice. Okay. While I don't share all of my like random, this right. is a list of like art ideas. It's not right. shared with my husband. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I have that. And then that's kind of always there. So I can like glance at it and be like, hmm, that idea again. Let's see. That's so it right. helps me sort of prioritize. I don't know how long it would take for me to, to adjust to doing that because I'm so random. Like I've got like notes on all different like envelopes and stuff yeah. like that. And I let them pile up and then I'm like, okay, you haven't done it. So you're going to just like with the painting, let it go and see if it comes back. See what I'm totally this, like I think kind of the same way I used to just have like five different notebooks and like a little scrap of paper where I'd like write something down and then lose it. And then I'm like, Oh, now that's gone. So having a way, and I also heard on another podcast, I think it was, I like your work, Erica Hess saying something like, you know, if you have a place to write these things down where they can then be out of your head, it like frees up your head, your brain to be thinking more deeply and thinking about things. You're not trying to like remember where did I leave that note? Or like, what was that idea I wanted to write that right. I didn't? I do know. think there's something to like, I've noticed uh, when you free up your head, like when there are things that you're just dreading doing and when you finally do them and then you free up, you fill up again. Yeah. And I, I was good actually a couple months ago at the beginning of the school year, I was really good about like just doing the stuff I didn't want to do. And yeah. I was like, woo, 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 woo. get it done. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, I also, especially this year, I have been trying to fit in all of the teaching admin stuff, like emails to teachers and all of the like evaluations, curriculum, setting up like, you know, making handouts and worksheets and whatever, all of those little things. I've been trying really hard to fit them in anytime I have like 15 minutes between two classes or you know, lunch, you, lunch break, any of those little bits of time. I'm like, I don't want to do this at home. <laughs> I'm going to try to save my home time for like my studio work or, you know, working on my art website or my right. podcast now. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then also letting go a little bit. I used to be really almost too organized with teaching and like wanting you know, I would sort all the student work, I would even mat some of their work. And like, I would bring artwork, student artwork home and be sorting it and matting it and making it all beautiful and then take it back and like put it in their folders for them. If you can see the look on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so much time that was like, just, you know, (laughs) spent on that stuff where I'm not making my own art. (laughs) I would love to tape down the borders of kids' paintings, but it's like there's no way. No yeah, there's do no that. time. No way. Yeah. But it can be one of those things that, like, I'll do for my art camps and stuff, but um, it's one of those things that, like, when you take the tape off, it just looks so polished. Yeah. And they get to see that, too, and experience it. Yeah. I had a teacher at my old school who I figured out. So I was doing like nine by 12 paper or whatever. And, yeah. And then she was actually, and I would say, I would tell the kids to paint the edge, yeah. you know, because the whole composition works and she started trimming them ah. and she was losing the composition and she couldn't even see it. Yeah. It's like, Hey, so I'm going to make the paper smaller so you can mount these, but please don't trim the edges because, because right. so with my work with the portraits, I'm learning now, like I've got this like teeny tiny quarter 
orange tape to tape down the edge because I have to paint to the edge. And I have a friend who bought a collage and I told her, I was like, so don't mat it because that'll cover the edges and you'll lose. And she forgot and it was matted and it's like, and it really, it changes it. Yeah. Yeah. It needs all that stuff. So yeah. And with the portraits, like, I just had to paint to the edge. And so it's like, they just have to be in a free-floating frame or otherwise you will lose. Yeah, you lose that it. little bit. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how something Those little so things. little is significant. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to let go of some of that stuff with teaching, but it's good. Like, I feel like We're I've so freed hard. up some space, yeah. <laughs> some time. I'm impressed that you email your teachers. Organization, I have to just get better at that. And as I get more confidence learning, like, how I can build lessons, run-on lessons, it's yeah. like, okay. So now I've got, and, you know, next year it'll be different third graders, and so it's not going to be the same result. Right. But you have to, like, Let it you go. know, you do something, it's like, oh, this is great, I nailed this. It's like... Oh, what happened here this year? <laughs> kind of have to constantly morph. There's no yeah. no rest for the teachers. Yeah. Uh, so wrapping up, a few just little like get to know you things. What are you curious about right now? State of the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am curious about. I don't know that I can answer curious. Yeah. What are you curious about? I might need a prompt. Hmm. Well, I've been trying to kind of wrap my head around putting together some of the ideas I've been sort of forcing to separate for a long time. Oh, cool. Like I've I've been working on landscape series mm-hmm. and thinking about environment and earth. And that's my work for most of my adult life has been focused on like mapping land, place, oh, cool. environment, ecology. Okay. But now starting to allow myself to bring in the female experience, motherhood experience. Yeah. Because I have in the past, I actually created like an alter ego to make more figurative work because okay. I didn't want them mixed. They were like very separate but trying to figure out how to like put those together and where they do overlap and how they like connect I think like you kind of like touched on something because I was thinking about okay if I were to write about my work so I've got these fiber goals these portraits these abstract these halfway in between collage like how do they connect and then I realized they all connect with line and it's a common thread that so it feels like there's always a common thread So that was something I was curious about, you know, like a couple months ago. And then that kind of, it freed me up to be able to pursue them more confidently that they made sense. Right. But also I don't like that the art world tries, in fact, I don't like the term art world. Yeah. (laughs) That it tries to pigeonhole, you know, because it's about marketing. I I'm always more intrigued by people that do a lot of different things than the same thing. And unless it's sincere, then I just, you know, does it pull me in or not? But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm curious about what's next. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I feel like I'm at this new paragraph and I'm really afraid to start it. You know, like I really, I feel like there's like, I just don't know what direction to go in. So just approaching that, like what could be the next thing like, the portrait project that would get me to the table every day. It'll come. Um, it will. We know through the process that you have dry spells and you have yeah. manic spells. I heard it it phrased as a creative winter ah. versus like, and that there's like seasons in your creative making. And it makes I don't sense. remember who that was. I should probably look it up. I remember one of my college professors saying that Wayne Tebow would go into the studio and that if he didn't feel on, 
he would just paint the masters, but he had this practice where he dimmed every day. And that makes sense to me. I just need a little more willpower. Yeah. I could use a little more boundaries, you know? Yeah. Like structure. A little more structure. Deadlines. For me. Deadlines panic me like to no end, mm. to no end. And I, even if I know I have dinner plans with a friend, I'll start freaking out about it the night before, the uh, day before. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe get back to yoga, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Meditation. Definitely. Oh, he's so cute. We have two little sleeping dogs here. <laughs> little professor. Oh. What's your go-to order at your favorite restaurant? Always fish tacos. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're in LA. Yeah. You have to have fish tacos. I love fish tacos. <laughs> I um, do a third grade lesson where we do Andy Warhol soup cans, but we create our own, like, I talk about how art is a way of getting to know one another. So you wouldn't know it by looking at me, but fish tacos are going to be my favorite food. And so, and I wouldn't eat fish tacos. And it's really a great lesson because it gets them to think about art. So I'm like, I wouldn't eat fish tacos that came out of the can. I don't think it would taste good, but this is art. So here we can be a little more liberal. So, and then they just create their favorite food in a can. So you get nice. pizza and, in a can. And, <laughs> and sushi is so much fun. Yeah. And then one, one kid had steak. <laughs> so it's just, it's really sweet. It's like a really great way to get to know each other, but yeah, fish tacos. Nice. Always. Awesome. Is there anyone that you would want to thank or give a shout out to? you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know, you, I really want to thank, I feel really grateful that I got to meet June and that I got to work in her classroom. You saw the level of organization. Yeah. It's amazing. I was, and the way she, and she's a powerhouse artist too. It's amazing. Powerhouse. Yeah. I just was like blown away. I learned so much, even just by being in her space and that she gives 180% to the kids too. Yeah. So I really appreciate that I got to meet and work with her. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, I was there, there were a few kids, anytime there was like a little break, kids would stop in and be like, Oh, like Miss Edmonds isn't here. Yeah. It was really sweet. Yeah. It was clear. They just love her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got through to one of her kids at her school that made me so, so happy. So those things that just make you float, that would also be one of those students that really really, really, really impacted me and it will for a long time. Yeah. And last thing, where can our listeners connect with you online or find you? Well, I have a page, Deborah Riley, The Portrait Project, where you can see the portraits on Facebook. I have a website, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-R-E-I-L-L-Y.com. And my dog has a website for his book. And we do give 20% to animal shelters if you pick up his book. Uh, it's a morcusdog.com and then I'm on Instagram. I have a teaching handle, a dog handle and a, my art handle. Awesome. Yeah. So many places. I know. And it's I can nutty. link them. It's yeah. nutty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I'll be setting up on the lawn. So come, by <laughs> come by all of this beautiful work. Come by art. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank awesome. you so much. Amazing. <laughs> I had so much fun talking with Deborah. We actually met through the organization we both work for, PS Arts. I was leading an art activity booth at a fundraiser and she arrived to help wearing almost the exact same army green hoodie as me over our matching event t-shirts and jeans. 
so we were dressed alike. We got to chatting and discovered that we also both grew up in Montana, which feels very rare here in LA. Our work reflected that background. We had both been drawing and painting lots of pine trees and thinking about the fires across the western U.S. at the time. I loved getting to visit her space and talk more about art and teaching. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach me at Teaching Artist Podcast on Instagram or Teaching Artist Podcast at gmail.com. Who do you want to hear from? Please share your recommendations of teaching artists. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow me. It really makes a big difference. Thank you. Thank you.